0: Welcome, everybody, to Vice Camera Action. And if you're listening to this at the time of posting, Merry Christmas. And if you're listening to it right after, Happy New Year. And if you're listening to it at some other time, Happy Day. Happy Day. Uh, I, of course, am your host, Aaron Weiss, alongside the King of Cored and himself, Alex M. Weiss. That's me. And joining us again is the Duchess of Dunwoody, the Sage of Sandy Springs, Erica J. Lavender.
1: Good morning, or noon, or afternoon, or evening, or night, everybody. How are you?
0: covered all your bases there i'm really proud of you thanks for oh i are really proud of you good hey.
2: afternoon good evening and good night if i don't see you
0: hey uh alex that was, a, that, was, that was a good reference to the truman show um
2: <laughs> that's another jim carrey movie
0: it really threw me off another jim carrey oh you're right oh my gosh we gotta keep up the jim carrey saga <laughs> um you made a bunch of cookies recently, and I saw pictures, and they looked delicious. And I wanted to know, did they turn out as delicious as they looked?
2: The Pfeffer noose—they were great. Oh but my what goodness! What about
0: the other ones, like the peppermint?
2: Peppermint were Chelsea's hit. Uh, the twists were good, but they didn't—I didn't know how to make them, like form them.
0: Uh, mm-hmm.
2: But they were—they tasted good.
0: Are you making and, any white butter cookies?
2: No. I decided to make Pfeffer Noose this year instead.
1: Gotta keep the people on their toes. I respect that.
0: I respect the hustle. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Erica and I are making the butter cookies tomorrow. This or- will nice. be my
1: first Christmas with the wife's butter cookies. Mm-hmm.
0: And we're also making Chex Mix.
2: Are you making what kind? What's your recipe?
0: Uh, I... I like to make it a little bolder, but I think <laughs> the bolder um, little, <laughs> little avatar the last airbender for you. Um, I know you said you have a recipe that's pretty bold.
2: It's called Amped Up Chex Mix.
0: Do you want to? I think you've sent it to me before, but will you send it to me again? Maybe after oh, yeah. this? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. We're going to amp up some Chex Mix tomorrow. So before just,
2: before. A, just a little... Tip. I know this isn't recipe cast. That hasn't started yet. But I use smoke
3: paprika instead of regular paprika.
2: Ooh.
0: Does it amp it up?
3: Oh yeah. It's good.
0: But Of course, this is not Cast. This (laughs) is Weiss Camera Action, the show where each and every week on your favorite podcast service, Alex, Erica, and I review movies slash series of movies. If you like that and you want to be a part of the show, go to patreon.com slash WeissCast, where $1 a month grants you the ability to ask questions that you want to be aired on the podcast. Or you can write in your Darmok reviews, just like Alex does at the end of each episode. That's right. We got to start having more. Alex's are great, but, you know, give him a run for his money, you know? You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Uh, Being a $1 supporter also gets you mentioned in the credits, as well as a shout-out during the show. Big thanks to our Patreon producers, Chronoslinger and Pepe Danger. If you don't have any change to toss our way, no big deal. You can catch the show each and every Friday on podcast services around the That's what I was looking for. Housekeeping. Yes. So, housekeeping. This is the last episode of 2020 for Weiss Camera Action. We are closing out the Santa Claus Cinematic Universe. But, (laughs) but, Next week, Erica, Alex, Bryant, and I will be recording a Patreon episode um, of the Star Wars tier list. We will collaborate, the four of us, in rank the Star Wars movies on a tier list. You know, S, A, B, C, D, F. Um, And it's going to be a lot of fun. And it's going to be a lot of fun. There's going to be a lot of disagreements. I can already see, um, but you know what?
2: Ewoks Before, forever.
0: We'll consult the old <laughs> uh, coin flip if there's a tie. On I'm not
2: talking about Return of the Jedi. I'm talking about the Ewok specials.
0: Oh, we're not going that deep. We're we're literally doing <laughs> eleven main series, um, the nine Skywalker saga, and the two, uh, one offs. Um, so that will be posted on New Year's Eve, uh, but we'll be recording before then. Also, there's one more episode of Wisecast left for the year, um, that will be up on Sunday. Oh, the Patreon exclusive episode will have, it's a timed exclusive, so it'll be an exclusive for a whole month until the January episode is up on Patreon. Then the December episode will be posted on podcast services. So around the globe, around the globe. Um, yeah. So be sure to catch it on Patreon. I think you have to be at the $5 tier. Maybe, maybe since there's so few Patreon supporters for now, I'll only, I'll do it at all tiers, but, um, otherwise no one will listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, be on the lookout for that. It's a very exciting times. Um, today's episode is brought to you by WiseCast, but more on that later. For now, let's begin the show with what is and forever will be our first impressions. I right,
2: think Alex. you hit you hit the nail on the head the other day. This is like Back to the Future Part 2.
0: <laughs> it really is. I was like, once it started getting into like the main plot, I was like, where have I seen this before? Where have I seen? And I was like, oh my gosh, this is Back to the Future Part 2.
2: But it doesn't fully commit because it's like the last, the the, the final act of the movie. Mm-hmm. The, the, it's like the first two thirds of the movie is like getting to know mom and dad in law. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, just kidding. It's Back to the Future Part 2.
0: Which of course I like Alan Arkin a lot. So,
2: yeah, put a pin in that. I have I have something to say about him.
0: Cool, um, Erica. I know you love this movie, so I wanna I wanna hear your thoughts.
1: So my first impression after rewatching this uh, for this episode was that the parts that I remember loving, I loved even more than I remembered, and every other part. It, it did drag just a little. There were parts where I was like, ugh. But the good parts were just so good that I didn't even mind. I just didn't even mind.
0: Um, for me, there is... This movie was a lot, and I'm really looking forward... Like, I, I'm glad that we're recording this episode. Um, uh, I couldn't tell you exactly why Sprinter Breslin was in the movie, um...
3: <laughs> to, they to... I
0: mean they should have offered Bernard more money because Bernard was a way better head elf um,
3: Yeah,
0: Spencer Breslin was great in the second movie don't get me wrong but he was a little kid then and it's really hard to explain why a 900 year old elf went from being a little kid to a teenager mid, <laughs> mid-puberty um, and luckily they didn't try to explain that but <laughs> Also, his uh, his his mullet was inexplicably gone, and um, Santa's mullet was more pronounced. Um, <laughs> so there's that. Uh, I I enjoyed the movie. It was a fun movie to watch. I watched it with Erica's whole family, <laughs> um, which was a lot of fun because Erica and her sister Maya really love the movie, and it was just fun to watch it with them, um, especially like we'll we'll do more of this when we get into the the beat by beat, but um, there was just certain scenes that were really funny that they that they like kind of forgot were in the movie.
3: <laughs>
0: um, yeah, I mean, it was a fun movie. I mean there it doesn't rank anywhere close on my top ten
2: top ten Santa Claus movies, <laughs> <laughs> and then there's only three.
0: It doesn't rank anywhere close on my top ten Back to the Future clones, or It's a Wonderful Life clone.
2: So I just got to say that that my man Michael Dorn had a full scene to, or he shared a full scene, and I, that that brought a smile to my face.
0: He was low key a plot point, like mm-hmm. he he was done justice in this movie. Excuse me. He was done justice in this movie.
3: Yes. Yes. Yeah.
0: got any fun facts for us
2: (laughs) what a transition most of them i don't like to do the ones that were like so-and-so is almost cast so i left those out so um jack frost's discovery of the closet filled with cans of beans is a triple joke according to imdb the closet is full of beans just like santa is santa santa's being full of beans from eating so many to reference to the common saying that jolly old guy is still full of beans, still peppy and lively, just as Santa Claus is in the movie. And three, the full of beans saying fits perfectly with Comet's lively chronic flatulence. I don't remember a can of beans in the movie.
0: I don't remember this at all.
1: Um, is it because... (laughs) (laughs) Is it... Is there beans in in the... Um, snow globe closet?
3: You maybe know. it's
2: where Neil and Laura are stuck.
1: Right, because there's one closet that looks like Red Bull, and there's one closet that looks like something else, and maybe one closet is like beans. I oh,
2: don't know. I'm just the reporter.
1: <laughs> I don't know. Uh,
2: anyways, something a little more interesting, I hope. The alternate present present is a mix of two, the two different presents shown in both Back to the Future Part 2, and It's a Wonderful Life. With it being bleaker, there's a corrupt tyrant that changed the past the main character has to confront to change things back. And every one of the main characters having a worse life in the the timeline than the main one. So we hit the nail on the head.
0: Oh, so it was supposed to be like that.
2: Yeah. And this is one of Peter Boyle's final film roles.
0: R.I.P. Peter. Um... Yeah, let's go, let's get go, let's get this summary real quick, and then we'll go to the beat by beat.
2: All right, Santa's got problems. It's a few days before Christmas, and production lags. Mrs. Claus is about to give birth to th- to their first child, and wants family time. And Jack Frost, tired of second billing, is on probation under his supervision. He tries to support his. Oh, that jump pronouns there. He jump. He tries to support his wife by bringing her parents up to the North Pole to preserve his secret. They must think it's Canada. He also brings his ex-wife, Laura, her husband, Neil, and their daughter, Lucy. Inside the factory, Jack makes mischief and hatches a plan to become Santa without juggling that many snow globes. With Santa juggling that many snow globes, something is bound to go wrong. But if things get too difficult, he can always exercise his option to invoke the escape clause. Will he?
0: Scott Calvin, aka Santa Claus, played by Tim Allen, once again, is having difficulties managing Christmas this year. His wife, Carol, played by Elizabeth Mitchell, is expecting their first child, which is due on Christmas Eve, and is afraid that he will be making his deliveries while she is making hers. Wanting to feel more comfortable, wanting her to feel more comfortable, he invites his in-laws, Bud and Sylvia Newman.
1: Is it okay if I pause this really quick already? I'm Always. I'm so sorry. Can we just yeah. actually acknowledge the fact that the actual first scene of this is his wife in a classroom teaching children? And they're yeah. like, tell us a story! And she's like, okay, fine. And then the story <laughs> that she tells is the entire movie. I just wanted to point that out before we got too far right, yeah. into this beat by beat, because... <laughs> That always throws me off that the entire movie is a flashback.
2: And also, one of the kids in the school is Abigail Breslin, right. aka Spencer Breslin's sister.
1: Right.
0: Yeah. Oh, no, yeah, thank you for that. Uh, there was no way that this plot was going to say that. So.
1: I just wanted to put that out there.
2: No, always.
0: It, it, really, <laughs> it really threw me off because I didn't really catch that um, at first until you said something while we were watching it. Mm-hmm. Because she was like, I didn't catch that they were, she was telling a story. I just knew that, that she was in the classroom. And the next thing I knew, she was being rushed to the elf hospital. Oh,
2: well, I didn't realize it was a flashback until the end where they, they came back to the classroom. I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> this is a
3: flashback.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh He invites his in-laws, Bud and Sylvia Newman, played by Ann Margaret and Alan Arkin, respectively, up to the North Pole, along with his ex-wife, Laura, also uh, once again played by Wendy Crewson, uh, and her husband, Neil, played by Judge Reinhold.
2: Why did they go? Why did the the ex-wife and Neil go?
0: They haven't been, and Lucy really wanted to go, and... That's right.
1: Lucy's mom was... Aka Laura was like, Well, I can't let my daughter go to the North Pole without me.
0: Yeah. And then Which, Ju- Judge Reinhold was like, I want to go too.
1: Yeah. Basically, the argument was like, Her parents need to supervise her in the North Pole. Mm-hmm. I guess.
2: Gotcha. I thought it was great that Judge Reinhold was just like psychoanalyzing everybody and telling every, like, leading
3: these yoga sessions with the elves. <laughs> 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 um,
0: Meanwhile, Santa is summoned to a meeting of the Council of the Legendary Figures, consisting of Mother Nature, once again played by Aisha Tyler, Father Time, played by the late Peter Boyle, the Easter Bunny, once again played by Jay Thomas, Cupid, by Kevin Kapalik, and the Tooth Fairy, once again played by Art LeFleur, and Sandman, played by Michael Dorn. They show him a cardboard cutout of Jack Frost that reads Merry Frostmas as he himself, played, or, oh, Jack Frost is played by Martin Short, arrives. Besides Father Time reminding him that he heralds the season and not a holiday, Mother Nature accuses him of attempting to upstage Santa by freezing a volcano in Hawaii, making it snow in the Amazon and making it cold in Mexico, thus sending the geese back up north for the winter. All the other legendary figures agree that a punishment needs to be invoked against him, With the idea to suspend him, he manages to convince them to put him into community service at the North Pole. When Scott brings up the part with the in-laws during an argument with him, Cupid recommends the escape clause, which he declines. When Jack asks what it is, Father Time tells him that he, he would know more about it if he attended the meetings more often. Scott reluctantly agrees with a warning To him, if he does anything wrong on his watch, that's just that's just that's the sentence.
1: That was poor wording. For those who are following along at home, basically, someone (laughs) brings up that Santa could invoke the escape clause because his life is getting too hectic. Santa says, "No, I'm not going to do that." And then Jack Frost gets curious about that and thinks, "Oh wow, maybe if Santa doesn't invoke the escape clause, there'll be a job opening." Mm -hmm. There you go. Proceed.
2: I want to just say that, that Jack Frost was perfectly cast as yes. like Martin Short.
0: Yeah, I love Martin Short. I agree. Jack Frost helps to disguise the North Pole as Canada for Bud and Sylvia's <laughs> arrival. Scott manages to get them to Canada with the help of the Sandman. Uh, this, this is kind of blown over but uh, or in the summary, but it, obviously Carol's parents can't know that Scott is Santa. So right. his cover is that he is a toy maker in Canada, uh, which is hilarious. And yes, just the fact that they dressed the North Pole up as Canada, they convinced <laughs> that they convinced Bud and Sylvia that all the elves were little Canadians, and they ended every sentence with "a." It's so funny. <laughs> also, Canadians are Buddy
1: short. Goes, yeah, when Bud goes, "Why are they all children? Like, why are they all so small?" <laughs> and santa's like well have you ever been to canada no have you ever seen canadians no well this is what canadians look like
0: (laughs) also just the fact that a 70 year old man has never seen a canadian (laughs) (laughs) it's so funny especially because like doesn't the first like where does the first movie take place like the midwest like
2: Chicago, I believe
0: Chicago, yeah, if you ever live in Chicago, you've seen a Canadian. There's no way, yeah, just really funny,, um, yeah, I'm sad that they kind of breeze over this because the Sandman's a big part in getting them to the North Pole, like there's this really funny scene where the Sandman sees this chair, and it doesn't even look like that comfortable of a chair, but he's like, oh my gosh, I got a nap in it. And he, like, punches the corner of the chair repeatedly <laughs> and just drifts right off to sleep.
2: It's like a D-level chair nap chair, for sure.
0: Oh, for sure. It's like you had to have been out working all day. Like, that's the only way that you'd be falling asleep in this chair. Yeah. Like, you come home <laughs> from a long day of work at... at at the business factory and, and you come down <laughs> and you sit in this chair you're waiting on you're waiting on the pizza to arrive that you ordered and you're sitting down and you fall asleep and the only thing that wakes you up is the doorbell of the pizza that you ordered.
1: That is a precise <laughs> chair. You just described it perfectly
2: <laughs> you described it in everything but what it looks like. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Not in a much real sense you described yeah, exactly no, what it looks like.
0: Listeners know what this chair looks like right now. <laughs> Um, however,
2: send us a picture of your chair,
0: listeners. <laughs> you can send us a picture of your chair at Aaron at com. Uh, however, Jack wants to have the power and influence of Santa. So he goes around the North Pole and uses his power to create technical problems with some of the equipment. The shop flies into chaos and many gifts are destroyed. And Scott is faced with the possibility that there will not be enough toys... For all the children in time for Christmas. Jeff talks to the head elf. Jeff talks to head elf, Curtis, played by Spencer Breslin, as Bernard has quit, retired, or went on vacation at this point. Which is really sad. I like Bernard. They,
2: they said Bernard went on, a cri- on vacation?
1: Yeah, That's just what the fan wiki is speculating.
2: Because in the movie, the only reference I caught was...
3: Um, Spencer Breslin (laughs) forgot his (laughs) name.
0: Anyways, Jack talks to head elf Curtis about the Hall of Snow Globes and discovers that Scott that Scott's can be used to activate the Escape Clause, the most powerful one of all. This one has this one can help the current Santa escape from his job as Santa if he holds the snow globe and says, I wish I had never become Santa at all. The Escape Clause is triggered, and he, he can return to the point where he became Santa and prevent the event from occurring scott takes a quick break to show lucy the hall of snow globes and gives her a magical one that shows her hugging a snowman which turns pink because her hugs are filled with love and warmth as they leave jack sneaks into there and steals scott's snow globe freezing neil and laura when they catch him and nearly doing the same to lucy before choosing to put her in a storage closet instead after further attempts to sabotage he managed to enrage bud and sylvia and gives scott a gift as he talks about his frustration not realizing what he is doing he is persuaded to into uttering the escape clause while opening his gift and taking out a snow globe he and jack are sent back in, the t- in time to his front yard where 12 years earlier he caused Santa to fall off the roof and donned his suit to become the new Santa Jack reaches the suit before the past Scott can even come out of his house and repeats and to repeat events from the first film and puts it on to become Santa knocking out present Scott with a shovel to keep him from interfering in Jack's attempt to change the timeline whew that was a long, uninterrupted piece of...
2: Isn't it strange that the escape clause isn't on the card? Like, they just kind of talked about it. Like, they don't whip out the card again for the third time.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Oh! You're so right. I
0: actually did want to talk about um just the, the card in general. Because um. Uh, Jack is Santa. I mean, in movie time, he's Santa for like 20 minutes. But he's Santa for twelve years, technically, mm-hmm. and he doesn't have a wife. Oh, we we don't think he he never desantifies to our knowledge. Um, <sighs> you know. that's a great point. So I mean, I'm just saying that's kind of a, a little bit of a plot hole. But I guess it's the movie's more about Scott than it is Jack. So I guess they can get away with that. But yeah, it, it's just very intriguing that this <laughs> that this like the literally the whole plot of the second movie doesn't affect Jack at all.
1: That's a great point.
3: It's very true.
1: Also
0: Jack looks ridiculous as Santa.
3: He does. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's like a great reveal on the screen though. Like the first time you see Jack as Santa. Like that's a great moment yeah. in the movie to me it is it's insane
0: it's very insane so scott is sent back to present day where he where his non-santa life is a disappointment as he has been the ceo of his old job for the last 12 years and even works on christmas eve he drives over to laura's house who treats him very coldly and explains that she and neil got divorced revealing that the new timeline has effects on other people as well scott also learns that he and carol never married and that she moved away years ago because, quote, there were not enough local kids in town to terrorize or something, end quote. <laughs> Laura then gives Scott a magazine that shows the North Pole build as a resort, which he recognizes as Jack's handiwork. He flies there via commercial airliner and is stunned at what he sees as the new Santa. Jack has taken the commercialization of christmas to the extreme by transforming the north pole into a tourist attraction where wealthy parents can pay to have their kids put on the nice list.
1: Can I just say really quick that was a odd an odd description of Laura in Scott's conversation. In my opinion, I thought a bigger takeaway was that like Scott and Charlie have like no relationship. Mm-hmm. Right. I thought that was like a big deal.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Also, it kind of disappointing that Charlie doesn't really have a role in this movie, besides that. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, like, the first two movies focused on him so much. Yeah. This third one doesn't really have a kid focus at all. Like, not even really, you can't even really say that Lucy's the focus.
3: Mm Mm-mm.
1: Yeah, that's so true.
0: Um, anyways, in addition, Christmas has been renamed to Frostmas, which I didn't catch. The elves are miserable, unlike the happy, productive workers they were when Scott was in charge, and all the reindeer are confined to a petting zoo. Dun dun da. Scott <laughs> eventually finds Neil and Lucy, although they are not happy to see him. Not happy and neil states that charlie played by eric lloyd didn't want him to be his father uh causing his and laura's divorce scott confronts jack with what he has done and claims his vision of christmas is not what the holiday is about but jack reminds him that he was the one who said quote i wish i had never become santa at all end quote and evoked the escape clause to begin with Scott convinces Lucy to sneak into the Hall of Snow Globes and bring Jack's to him. He interrupts a musical performance by Jack when Lucy tosses him his snow globe. Realizing Scott's plan, Jack mocks that Scott will never convince him to invoke the escape clause, but Scott plays a recording of him saying, quote, I wish I had never become Santa at all, End quote. When he... When he said it to him earlier jack screams in fury as the escape clause is evoked again and he and scott are wish whisper back to the past scott holds jack down while his past self finds the suit and puts it on and like in the original film restoring events to the way they were jack screams in anguish as his alternate timeline is erased and is stripped of santa's powers back in the present Scott reunites with Carol, even though no time has passed since he left, and he promises to make her life better. He then shows Bud and Sylvia the truth about his workshop, where, despite Jack's sabotage, gifts are being manufactured and will be ready in time for his deliveries. To his surprise, Charlie arrives and helps the elves out, as does the Council of Legendary Figures. It seems like things are going perfectly until Curtis and Lucy appear. One second, one second, one second, one second. All these long-winded uh paragraphs with no interruption is really getting to me. Um it seems like things are going perfectly until Curtis and Lucy appear and Neil and Laura are wheeled in frozen solid. Jack is also dragged in by the Elphicers and he refuses to undo his spell on them by unfreezing them he would have to quote unfreeze himself and quote so they will be frozen forever leaving jack smug at thing he the since they may have lost the chance or since he may have lost the chance of being santa but he still has neil and laura as his consolation prize when scott asks for mother nature to help him out she reminds him that the abilities of a legendary figure will not work on others however He has an idea. He tells Lucy to give Jack one of her heartwarming hugs. Full of love and warmth, it changes him, melting his clothes and hair from icy to normal and breaking the spell around Neil and Laura, including the defrosted and reformed Jack, celebrates with a hug. Carol suddenly announces that her baby is coming. She has a boy and names him Buddy. Thus, the origin story for Buddy the Elf (laughs) is complete.
3: (laughs) All right.
0: Yeah. All right. It's time for the antagonist rating. Welcome everybody to the Kudu Badu, the podcast within a podcast, where cool dudes rank bad dudes. Uh so far in the Santa Claus cinematic universe number 1 is Scott Calvin from Santa Claus 1 and number 2 is Toy Santa. This week we have Jack Frost. Um I'm going to put Spencer Breslin up there again um as an antagonist just because why not and That's it. Where 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 do we want to rank? Jack. I, I am, I'm keeping Jack and Spencer Like, they're a team. They're a tag team.
2: Why why, why are you throwing in Spencer
0: with Jack? Because he should have known better, alright?
1: No, he, like, messed up so bad for absolutely no reason. I do agree with you on that. Like... Jack's little oh, I understand. You don't even know anything about the escape clause, and Curtis is like, oh yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. Like I'll prove it. He like
0: f- he fell for the oldest trick in the book. Right.
1: Like there was no need for all of that. Clearly, his hubris got to the best of him, and the hubris, ladies and gentlemen, is every villain's fatal flaw. So there you go. Exactly.
0: So they're they're a te- they're a package <laughs> team. Jack Jack and Spencer Breslin.
1: Yeah.
2: I mean. I was going to say Jack was the, f- the top villain.
1: I agree. I think that um, that might be why I've always loved this movie so much, is because I think that Jack Frost is a great villain. Um, I would put him above Scott Calvin and Toy Santa, personally.
0: So here's, here's what I'm saying, though. Here's what I'm saying, is that, yes, I agree. Yes, okay, good. Jack and Curtis, as a team, are above Scott Calvin and Toy Santa.
1: Yes. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Jack that's... and Jack and Curtis the the yes. Okay.
0: The villains of this movie. The villains.
1: Oh, I'm, I'm so glad
0: cuz Curtis needed this. It was <laughs> 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 uh, a
1: Curtis hate club.
2: This is... <laughs> <laughs> it's the, the boy. This was Peter Boyle's weakest
3: movie out of the 3. <laughs>
0: Wait. Wait, he had a... wait. Welcome everybody to the podcast within a podcast within a podcast. The Battle of the Boils. The podcast within a podcast where we rank the appearances of Peter Boyle in a movie. Uh, in <laughs> order, we have Santa Claus and Santa Claus Two. This week, we are ranking Santa Claus Three. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It,
2: this was his worst role yet. He had like even less than the last movie.
0: Hmm. Yeah, he he got made fun of for being bald, and that was it. Yep. Three.
1: I agree.
0: The official right. rankings are: uh, the boss, aka Peter Boyle's just guest appearance <laughs> in Santa Claus One. <laughs> Peter Boyle's first appearance as Father Time in Santa Claus Two. And Peter Boyle, once again, reprising his role as Father Time in Santa Claus 3. Peter was robbed. Okay,
2: I got something to say. Remember we were talking about Alan Arkin earlier? Yeah. So, I finished the movie. No, no. When I was watching the movie, I um, noticed that there was the perfect... There's the perfect opportunity for a Peter Boyle role, but they didn't give it to him the father-in-law character would have been a perfect role for him. Would have been... I'm just like, like, when Alan Arkin started talking, like, Alan Arkin was fine. He was great, too. But I'm just like, they had Peter there. They just could have given him that role. They could have kept him the same character as the first movie and made him Tim uh, Scott's co- uh, father-in-law and had a nice little tie-in. And that would have made it a little awkward in the alternate past where like, he's like, he's he goes to see his boss, aka ex-father-in-law, mm-hmm. and oh, that's, yeah. man, that, that, that just would have been the perfect role for Peter Boyle.
0: That would have been. I, I fully agree. And honestly, I think that would have made this movie way better.
3: Yeah.
1: Would have kicked it up a notch for sure. Really
0: would have kicked it up a notch. Um, Peter Boyle was robbed, and that's all we got to say about that. Uh, (laughs) It's time. You know, I need to come up with a song for Darmok Review.
2: Are we not going to analyze the movie anymore?
0: Oh, we need to analyze the movie. You're so right. It's not. It's not in the. It's not in the notes. Sorry.
3: Here. Here. Okay. Oh wait analysis
0: erica you start with your analysis
1: okay well i would love to share perhaps maybe a highlight and a low light of this movie mm-hmm. for me um i really love when scott goes to visit the north pole when jack is santa that's like my favorite mm-hmm. scene in any of the santa claus movies i think Um, I love when Jack Frost sings um, North Pole, North Pole. (laughs) Um, And I love, like, the fact that Santa being evil, like, actually affects all the children of the world. Uh Like, in the past two movies, all the kids have been, like, the heroes of the movies. Like, we love the kids, and they're knowing, and they're smart, and they're funny, and they're cool. And in this one, when, like, jack frost of santa they're all like dad shut up buy me a reindeer like they're all the worst and it's just like cool that in this universe like santa like if santa is good or bad affects whether the kids are good or bad i don't know i just thought that was like a cool little i just like everything about that scene um and then um low light yeah i'm trying to think um, I think that we might get to this a little bit later because I see it in the show notes, but Jack Frost trying to, like, be a little creepy with um Santa's mother-in-law. <laughs> um, I didn't love that. I really just simply did not love that.
0: <laughs> Jack Frost nipping at your nose.
1: <laughs> Sing
0: yeah. it again. That was a challenge for me. Jack
2: Frost time. nipping at your nose. Different key. One more time. Jack Frost nipping at your nose. Different key. <laughs> it
1: was so awkward. Yeah, that was tough. Um, I don't know. And then also, I just felt like the beginning really did drag a bit for me. I thought, like, I just wish it had maybe been a little bit more fast-paced at the beginning, and then we could have spent more time with things that happened later on like i wish we had like focused more on you know like i don't know i just felt like the beginning took a while it took a while for jack to actually go with his plan of trying to make scott do the escape clause like it did or that i think could have been condensed much more they could have expanded more on the middle and end parts
2: mm-hmm. i feel so, like the just... alternate timeline was only like 20 or 30 minutes or
0: Oh, yeah, it was very short. Yeah. Yeah. They should have... That That should have been, like... I think the entire first act of this movie was, like... 35 minutes, maybe 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then the second act was, like, 20 minutes. And then the third act was 10 minutes. Yeah, mm-hmm. it just
1: felt like it was an oddly-paced movie.
0: I feel like it. it should have been, like... Like, I don't care if the third act is kind of short you know I don't care if it's the shortest act but I feel like yeah. the first two acts at least should be equal in length
3: yeah yeah oh yeah uh, let's, you're
0: let's, waiting for me? yeah I want you to analyze this
2: um, I'm going to analyze that instead
0: <laughs> <laughs> this would be the name of the uh, the segment analyze this slash that <laughs> <And> those are <laughs> you movies you know yeah, Eric, those are movies. What? Analyze this and analyze that. Those are movies. They're, they're movies starring Robert those De Niro. Those are the names of
2: movies. Two movies.
0: Robert De Niro and... Uh... Billy Crystal. Billy Crystal, yeah.
1: Unfortunately, I'm not familiar.
2: <laughs> I've only <laughs> seen the covers.
0: I've only seen the covers, too. But...
1: Okay,
2: good. Anyways, yeah. uh... maybe we need to rank those. Is Peter Boyle in those
0: movies? He <laughs> might be. He's angry enough.
2: <laughs> um I uh I like this movie, but spoilers, I don't think I liked it as much as the second movie. Um the I, I was kind of digging the the uh oh no, we gotta hide the North Pole from the in-laws plot and also Jack's plot but then I guess I forgot there was an alternate timeline and I was like that didn't, it just didn't seem to go together to me but I I, I like I don't want to call it realism but I liked I liked the, the realism ish kind of story where you're trying to adjust to a new situation and I didn't dig the uh, alternate stuff as much. But I still liked it.
1: Well that also it reminds me a little bit of another thing that was a bit more jarring than I remember was Laura and Neil's presence in the North Pole was very strange. Yeah. That is like and I guess that they had them so present and like just so happy and like excited to hang around Scott. Mm -hmm. Just to like juxtapose. Oh my gosh. Just as a juxtaposition to um, the alternate timeline when Laura's all miserable and divorced and Mm such. But that. I don't know. That just. It it came across a little bit. A little weird to me. Laura Laura and Neil. I understand them being in the movie, but they're their presence and their attitude, I guess, was just a little bit, like, a little a little off-putting at times.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I will say about Neil, a.k.a. Judd Nelson, Judge Nelson, Judge...
2: Reinhold? Judd Nelson's somebody
0: else. I know. <laughs> Did I just have an aneurysm? What just <laughs> happened? Um, Judge Reinhold... It's gonna sound kind of silly, but, like, it kind of showed his range a little bit, because he went from, like, a manic, silly character in the first act to in the second act just being, like, super serious, and you can kind of tell, like, he was, like, you know, just, like, had a more rough life Mm -hmm. in in the film, and, like, I don't know, I thought that was, like, pretty impressive, because... I mean, I've literally never seen Judge Reinhold in anything besides this and. Uh, uh, buh, buh, buh. Arrested Development. Arrested Development. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean. The movie's fine. I, I, it's. It's Back to the Future Part Two, Meet it, It's a Wonderful Life. And. Um, kind of thrown in there with like meet the parents a little bit like yeah uh, it's just it it's a a hybrid of a lot of movies and it and sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't um martin short is the star of the show um really really kind of a show stealer um he's very funny in this um yeah i i think he was a very perfect casting i wish like you said Earlier that Peter Boyle had been cast as the father-in-law.
2: Mm-hmm. He could have been the same character as the first movie.
0: Could have been the same character. And, I mean, Alan Arkin's great. I love Alan Arkin. Um, But he and Peter Boyle have very similar energy mm-hmm. um, in those kind of roles. And, yeah, they already had a character like that. So, why not just tie him in? Mm-hmm. But, yeah. I mean, it's it's fine. It's a fine movie.
3: Yeah.
2: Just one of those what-ifs.
0: Maybe it'll be on Marvel's what-ifs.
2: What if Peter Boyle played the father-in-law? <laughs> <laughs> I think there'd be an audience of two for that. <laughs>
0: <Three. laughs> Alright, um, now is it time for rock Review? Yeah. All right, I will come up with a song for this one day. Okay.
2: I, don't, I tried to say it with a straight face here. <clears throat> In-laws to impress, Jack Frost nipping at your nose, who will have the last hoe?
0: <laughs> Jack Frost nipping at your nose.
3: Hoe means laugh. Oh,
0: right. Audience.
3: That yes. yes. <laughs>
0: thought it was a garden tool. No. Um okay. Now that I know what we ranked last week and the week before cuz obviously <laughs> we know exactly what we ranked them. I liked this less unfortunately. Um I'm going to give it I'm going to give it a 6.
2: What do you say,
3: Erica?
1: Um, I thought I was going to like this leaps and bounds more than the first two. But after watching it and realizing how much... Even though the great parts are really, really great, it did drag a little bit and it didn't really do it as much as I thought it would. I'm going to say I liked it just as much as the first one. So I'll also give this one a 7.5. And
2: then me, I'm going to say 6.
0: Interesting. So six plus six. Six
2: and a half. (laughs) I just did the math with my calculator.
0: Wait, 19 and a half divided by three is six and a half? Yes. Wow. So (laughs) the (laughs) official rankings of the Santa Claus Cinematic Universe are this. Number one, the Santa Claus. We give it a 6.8. Number two, the Santa Claus 2. Give it a 6.5. And tied for number two is the Santa Claus 3 with a 6.5.
2: This is robbery because the second one was clearly the best.
0: (laughs) I know. It's my fault. I thought I ranked the first one lower.
1: But we have to also acknowledge the fact that Jack Frost is such a good addition to this movie series, to this cinematic universe. That the Santa Claus three, the Escape Clause does deserve to be as high as it is, because sure. Jack Frost is simply that good, and he deserves it.
3: Jack, even though Ross, we are
1: a Curtis yeah. hate page, we are a Jack Frost Dan account as well. If you know what I mean. Yeah. Great. I'm yeah. glad we all agree.
0: Boo, Curtis. Yeah.
2: Yay, Jack. Yay, yeah. Peter.
0: <laughs> all right. Now we need the crossover. Jack Frost dressed as Jack Sparrow.
3: Mm.
0: (laughs) Or vice versa. Actually, we kind of get that. No, we don't. (laughs) What are you talking about? I was thinking in the third one, when they're in the north, like, when they're looking for World's End, but Jack, Jack isn't there. He's at the end of the world. Yeah. If only he was there, right?
2: If only he was... But he wasn't.
0: Before we get to the outro, I have a little bit of an ad for us, and then we can get to the outro. This week's episode is brought to you by WiseCast. Ladies and gentlemen, do you love gaming, movies, and or TV? Yes. Yes. Well, shoot, dang, do I have the show for you. Listen to the podcast that started it all, Weisscast. For nearly two years now, it's been available on your favorite podcast service, and it has gone through some growing pains, but it has finally hit its stride. If you want to be a part of the show, go to patreon.com slash weisscast, where the $1 a month tier grants you the ability to ask questions that you want to be aired on the show. Also, feel free to correct us when we make mistakes at www.weisscast.com slash you're wrong your dash wrong we'd love to hear our mistakes and we'll air them on the next episode back to the outro erica where can the lovely people find you on social media and keep up with you during our long long break
1: the lovely people can find me on social media uh on instagram at erica dot and on twitter at underscore lavenderica
0: alex where can the lovely people find you while we are away?
2: Alexander M. Weiss on Twitter and Instagram.
0: And you can find me, your host, on Instagram and Twitter at The Weiss's Right. Follow WeissCast on both Instagram and Twitter at Weiss. Um, there we post about both WeissCast and camera action stuff. Um, go to patreon.com slash WeissCast if you want to be a part of our. Producers, family, um, until the new year, ladies and gentlemen. Merry Christmas, and don't let Jack Frost nip at your nose.
1: Don't let him do it.
0: Don't.